What's good, everybody? It's your man, Big Dom, coming live at you with a True Players Podcast, um, episode number 18. This is a very somber podcast because um, on November 27th, my mother, Rosemarie Duthel, had passed away from um, complications from proceed- from a surgery that was done to her, as well as um, the facility's neglect on treating other complications that came along with it. Um, we laid her to rest on December 7th of uh, 2018, this past Friday. You know, it's been a, it's been a tough month for me and, and my family. And I do thank you guys for all your prayers that you have given us through this past month, through this um, trying period. Um, I don't know what to say. Um, it's very it's very tough right now for the family. And um, once again, I thank you guys for all the prayers and um and your heart deep, deep felt condolences that I felt through Facebook, text messaging, or Instagram. It was most appreciated by everyone. Um, my mother would, my mom would have loved all the love that she received, and she deservedly deserved all the love that she received and warranted. Um, let me tell you a brief story about my mother, Rosemarie Duthel. Um, she was born in April 8th, 1937, to um, her parents, um, Marie Concepcia Otino and my grandfather, um, um, Gaspar Joseph Hilaire. Um, she was, she lived in, born in, in the town named Cape, Cape Haitian in Haiti. And in October of 1968, she had emigrated to the United States, um, with the assistance of my father and my aunt and Mercy Hilaire. Um, her travels to the country was very tough because, um, on her flight to Haiti, the plane had a little issue when she flew to, flew to United States. The plane had a problem. She had to um, detour to um, Kingston, Jamaica for 24 hours. And that's where her um, fear of planes started from there. And then from Jamaica, she, went, she, she had to fly over to uh, Dulles Airport in Washington, D.C. And then from Washington, D.C., she made, eventually made to um, JFK Airport where she um, met up with her close friend, who was also my godmother, named uh, Margaret Germain. And my godmother, Margaret, took her in. You know, my mom spoke little English when she came into the country, took her in. She stayed with my godmother for a little bit up until she ended up getting her own little room in Harlem. That's my mother's first, my mother's first life was in Harlem on 111th Street. Um, she had to, she worked hard to get where she needed to be. She was a nurse in Haiti. And due to the fact that she came from Haiti with her RN as a registered nurse, um, the United States did not accept her um, certification. So she had, to, she had to go back to school again to obtain that. And while she did that, she uh, worked as a housekeeper, cleaned toilet bowls, cleaned rooms for various companies and various offices to put herself through um, nursing school to first through CNA school, and then through nursing school, and also take English, take classes in English. Um, through that hard work, she eventually got her LPN license certification, and she worked in the city at um, a few nursing homes that I don't remember off the top of my head because I was a very young boy at the time. Um, you know, so she worked very. She was a very hard worker. Um, worked hard for what she, um, what she, everything she had, she worked very hard for. And then my father emigrated to, my father joined her in 1970 um, 
to uh, renew their vows because before she had immigrated to the United States in 1968, they had did a civil wedding be- the week before she came. And then when he, when my father came in 1970, they uh, did a religious ceremony to con- um, to renew their vows and continue on with their with their marriage. You know, my mother went through a lot of hard heartache in her lifetime. She came, like I said, she came in 1968 at the age of 31. And during those 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 years, uh, she encountered um, some triumphs. You know, getting her LPN license, um, and also some some heartbreaking in, in in between me and my sister. Um, she had lost four children between me and my sister through miscarriages, and um, house and doctor doctor neglect. You know, it's not the first time my mother had um, issues with doctor neglect. But due to the fact her English was very limited at the time, she could not could not sue or file a lawsuit. But despite that, she she was a woman of incredible strength. Um, she was the first of her of her um, family to come to come to emigrate into the United States, and then she led the exodus of all her younger brothers and sisters into this country, in which she sponsored over thirty five thirty five of her uh, younger siblings, uh, younger siblings and other. Um, cousins and relatives and nieces and nephews along the way. Um, the day the it was a time where um, in June June twenty ninth in nineteen seventy eight, you know, me and her stared death stared at death's door together. That was the day I was born. And um, the sacrifice she was willing to sacrifice her life to make sure I lived on this world, lived on this earth. And that you know that's something that you know I would never forget. It was a selfless act by a selfless woman entirely. She, my mother was in, entirely a selfless, selfless woman. And um, you know, just me going through this podcast, I mean, some emotions gonna come, is gonna come into play. But I had to speak about her. I wish I did this tribute a little sooner. But you know, we'll. Like I said, we'll take our time through this um this tribute. But, you know, me and her stared death death's door at on that day and when she was bleeding she was hemorrhaging immensely after the my delivery and um, the doctors was getting ready to pronounce me um dead to the point that they were get getting ready to uh they were writing up my death certificate as as I was laying there lifeless and my mom was bleeding to death on on the uh table but through the through her faith unquestioned undying faith and and will me and her both survived that day and able to share 40 years 40 years and 40 years and 6 months of life together as mother and son um that sacrifice you know you you know you you try to return the favor to your parents by you know at that at that dark side you 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 be there for them, and I try and I definitely try to do that. Me and my sister definitely try to do that at her um, darkest hour, um, and we did we did successfully. Unfortunately, it was a pain, something painful for us to watch, but we were there for her at the end. Um, so in nineteen eighty two, um, that's when they moved from Flushing Queens to Uniondale, New York. September of 1982, where we began our life on the suburbs of Long Island. It was a it was a great life. It was a great life to have with with both of them. 
together, along with the family members that we had with us. I, my uncle and my godbrother was living with us at one point, and it was it was a, it was a, it was good times with them. She was my father's um, yang to his yin. Um, two polar opposites of way of personality, but both came together for a, for a great cause of bringing family together, and doing right by family, doing the righteous things to to embrace, to help family, and elevate the family to a whole nother level. Um, my mother worked seven days a week in the eighties into the nineties. Worked seven days a week between two nursing homes here on Long Island. She worked seven to three at Mayfair Nursing Home full time. And also worked at A. Holly Patterson, which she, she eventually retired from um, six years ago. I worked at Holly Patterson for about, over, I worked with Holly Patterson over 24 years, but she worked there, started at Holly Patterson as, as a part-timer, doing 3 to 11s. Working seven days a week there, along with my father, to provide for the family and also have, have money available to uh, sponsor brothers and sisters and cousins and nieces into um, immigrating into the United States of America. So she was always there. She was a, always a, a person to talk to, uh, always someone you need to speak to. She would give, she would give great advice and also try to intervene when she, when she feels you're, you're being done wrong. She was, she's the, um, she's the, she was the person that was intervened with her ways and speaking and talking, talking to people. You know, she was definitely a truly a queen, queen of the house, queen of all, queen, queen of all, in my opinion. You could argue that over you or whatever you want, but that's what I say about my mother. She was a truly a queen at queen. Um, like I said, selfless woman took her profession. She she was a nurse for 40 years and she loved that profession immensely. She did not do it for the money. She did it because it was if if it was. She did it because it was God's will for her to help people heal. Something that's been lost in the healthcare field right now. People, people in this day and age do healthcare for the money. They don't do it for this for the sake of healing people. And she was the pioneer. She was one of those people who did it for the healing of people. She took great joy in healing people, not the paycheck, in healing people. She she displayed a lot of um, heart and soul into her profession, a profession in which that that is needed 100% of the time, which is the nursing field. Um, she worked in the toughest units at A. Holly Pass when she became full-time there. She worked at Unit 41 and Unit 32, and she had a, a, a tough assignment. Sometimes she was the only nurse on the floor with 40 patients, and she had to give all these patients medication and also provide um um you know care as far as um toileting and bathing and all that stuff also because the facility was either short staffed or the CNAs wasn't doing their job they were there collecting um a paycheck i'll give you a brief example of how how um how much heart my mom had and love she had for a job there was a young girl, young female, she told me the story, that she was a young female, she was an amputee, and she couldn't, she was on this permanent disability, and she had no family to take care of her, so she ended up in the nursing home as a resident of the nursing home, 
And she had a little centaur down in her private area. And my mom noticed that. Noticed that. And she was crying immensely. And my mom had, my mom was like, had to take time out of her medication to look at her and talk to her. Because the girl was, was pretty much suicidal at the time. So what my mom, what my mom did was she, she did her rounds. My mom did her rounds and gave all her, med, her med, all her patients medications. And then she came back and took her time. My mom was the only nurse on the floor that day. Took her time and bathed this girl like no other. The girl came out smelling like, smelling like roses. Just like my mom's name, Rosemary. She came out smelling, smelling like roses. All because my mother cared for her that deeply. And felt that she needed to be treated better than the treatment that she received. Bathed her very well. Smelled great. And the girl, it just uplifted the resident to the point that she she had the will to live once again because of what my mother's did with her loving hands, and that's something that that's 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 just who who was my mother. That's exactly who my mother was, you know. Um, she was a she was a tremendous glue to the family. She brought everybody together. Anytime a person was sick, she had to be the first one to call and find out how that person was doing every day, sometimes two three times a day. To make sure they were okay. To make sure they were not quitting on themselves. She was there to uplift people. To uplift them to heal. Um, she was an advocate for many people. Whether it was in immigration. Or whether it was in healthcare. She was a she was a strong advocate. You know, if my mom wasn't a nurse. She could have been an av- uh, 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 immigration attorney. To be honest with you. She knew all the tricks. She was always, always up on the laws on immigration. On how to... Um, Enable people to get green cards legally and without having to do other things to achieve immigration. You know, so, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's a tough time. I know I'm rambling, guys, but, you know, this this is my mother. I have to do this, this podcast tribute to her. And um, the toughest day, she had some tough days in her life, you know, in our, April 16th, she April 16, 2010, she lost, lost her, love, her love of her life, who was my father. Um, he, was a, he was a sick sick man, but like, like you know, and I, in my belief, he had, a, he had a, a few more years left in him to give, give to us. And that, that situation hurt her deeply because of what had happened and what caused his death was, again, hospital um, negligence and stupidity on part of the, the of the facility the same facility where she passed away at mind you also and um she went through some years of heartache eight years of heartache and missing him and loving him so much she loved him deeply uh that was her shield that was her protector that was her lover you know that was her king and he and he and she was his his queen You know that you, it's hard to lose a, a, a spouse who did everything, who did the most for you to uplift you, and and be the best spouse you can be, provide you with everything you ever needed, without a sweat on his brow. That's the type. Of, that's the type of father my my father was, and that's the type of father, type of husband my mother loves immensely. For over forty years of marriage. You know. 
Now they get to renew it now, officially, up in heaven. And um, one thing about my mother, I, my mother used to always get on my case. like, I want to be a nurse. And she's like, why you want to be a nurse? That's a woman's job. But then when she saw the changes in the amount of patients, heavy patients, she finally, um, you know, lessened her uh, view on that and decided to let me, you know, uh, try to um, go after being a, being a, um, a registered nurse. And I tried, I'm still trying to be a nurse now, but it's hard to get into these programs because they're very competitive and very, very selective on who they bring to their program. But she did tell me um, before she passed or a few years after she retired, she's like, Dominic, if you, if you, if when you complete your nurse, when you complete nursing courses and get ready to take the boards, I would like to take, take the board, the the nursing boards with you so I could, so I could retire as an RN. She was an LPN, but she was an RN at heart because she could do everything the RNs could do and more. But she told me, she's like, once we, once you get to your boards, we let's take it together. And we could both be RNs together. And that's something I would never never forget she told me. And that's why I tried so hard to get into a nursing program so we could do that together. So we could get, both get our RN license together, even though she was retired. And unfortunately, that we weren't able to share that, 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 share that moment together. So that's the that's disappointing part about it. Um, she was a great mother. She was a second mother to many people. Um, my godbrother my cousin she was just a loving person in the family she was the glue she kept everyone together in disputes she was the one that always intervened and, and solved the disputes um she has a, a five she left a five-year-old grandson who she loved immensely that was her that was a pickup that was her adrenaline rush every time he came to the house and said hi grandma hi grandma she just boosts up her spirits, no matter how sick she was. Seeing him boosted her spirits immensely. Always and always loving of children. She loved children. Another thing about my mother, she loved children. She enjoyed, even to her last days, up to the age of 81, she loved changing diapers. She loved waking up at 3, three o'clock in the morning to feed, feed infants, newborn infants. It was a joy for her. To do that, my, my mother was a different woman than a lot of these women that we deal with today at, who complain about, oh, I kill, don't want to have another baby, and they're only 30 years old. Meanwhile, my mom is, my mom is 81 years old, and she took pleasure in, in taking care of toddlers, taking care of infants, waking up in the morning, in the middle of the night to feed them, to change their diaper and bathe them. It was like when you come to my when you came into my family, um, when any newborn came into my family, they had to go through two baptisms, one a church baptism, and a baptism through my mother's hands. Almost all the child, all the children, went through her went through two baptisms by her hand, one by church and one by her. It's a great great care. Great care and honor for her to be able to be part of those the newborn's life. And they all grow, grew up now to be teenagers. She has a, a, a great-grandniece who's 16 years old. And a grandson at 5 years old. And multitude, a multitude of, grand, of, of grand, great-grandnieces and grand, great-grandnephews. A multitude of them that she left behind. Um, 
And also, she loved her senior center. She always she went to the senior center, um, Uniondale Senior Senior Enrichment Center over there on Park Avenue in Uniondale. Um, she loved them immensely. She loved all her friends. It was another another way of to boost her life, to boost her energy. She loved going to Lido Beach. I could I can't even tell you guys how how much how many times she always bragged about going to Lido Beach, how beautiful it is down there, and how she enjoyed it. No matter how no matter how much pain she was, no matter how sick she was, she had to go to that senior center and be with her friends and go to Lido Beach and play um, shuffleball, which she loved to play so much. Shuffleball was her thing. And when she lost, she got so upset, she would complain about it when she came home. Then she's like, damn, I lost shuffleball. Um, she loved her she loved her senior senior center. She loved her her um, compadres over there immensely. Um, she was an avid WWE um, fan. Always loved to watch wrestling. She was a Hulk Hogan fan. Uh, the Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin. She loved watching wrestling. She never missed a Monday Night Raw. Never. Monday Night Raw or, or SmackDown or any WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. Royal Rumble, she never missed any of those events. We had to make sure those events was primed and ready for her to watch. We even we even brought my mom to our to our first live baseball game at City Field two years ago, and she loved every minute of being in in City Field. She went down, sat in the sat in the stands with us. She just embraced baseball. She was an avid New York Mets fan, a big New York Mets fan. It only serves them right because they lived in Flushing for most of their most of their early life, and after Harlem, they went to Flushing, Flushing Queens. So they lived there over there in Casino Boulevard. So she became a Met fan. Do that. Um, she went to a, even a, she even went to a WWE event at Nassau Coliseum. I can remember I, the the memories is flashing flashing in my eyes about how she wore the the, the John Cena. Light blue shirt, you can't see me shirt. She loved she loved wrestling and she enjoyed being in the stands, being with she loved being around people. She was never introvert at all. She was a social butterfly. Loved to talk, loved to touch people. Um She's gonna be she's gonna be missed. She's missed right now, is it? It hasn't even been it's only been three days since since we laid her to rest. And the the amount of emotion that's still is still raw amongst the family, amongst her friends, is still is still there. This her death is a tough pill to pop, tough pill to swallow because it wasn't God's will that she was taken. She was taken. God took her because he got tired or he he got fed up with his beautiful angel suffering because of neglect, because of demonic people who call themselves healthcare professionals. We're not doing their job. God had had to take away, take her away from the suffering that she was that she was enduring. You know, I don't wish it on anybody. That's why I said in my previous podcast is oh, you, people need to be there and be an advocate for their family members because these 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 so called people who call themselves nurses, they call themselves doctors, they're not good people that they're, they're 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 in the field for the wrong reason you when you take an oath to try to heal someone you have to honor that oath 
you know, my sister, my sister Pascal is going to be on a, a co-host on one of my future podcasts. She's going through it right now. She that's, you know, that's our mother. It's tough to let tough to let her go at the the way she was let go, the way she was even the way she was even slandered. Her health, her health, her health history was being slandered by a facility who who had no clue about her health history because they decided it wasn't necessary to contact her primary physician. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I'm gonna get I'm getting a little angry on this podcast because that's exactly what happened. But let's get back to my tribute to my mother's tribute, and you know, my mother loved people. She loved her family. I want to first. I want to thank all the family members who came out to um, came out to a to a wake and in her funeral. People came from Philadelphia, Florida, Chicago, Texas to, to give pay their final respects to a, a wonderful woman, a beautiful woman, a queen. My sister put a post on on Facebook, which one, I'll tell you one funny story about my my mom, my, my, my mom. My sister put on a post about how. My mom was, was saw Tupac on TV, and she was like, "Yeah." My mom was like, "Yeah, I know Tupac." My sister's like, "How you? How do you know Tupac?" Uh, because we're we're gangsters. Us gangsters know each other, and I that was, I could never forget. I, when my you know, my sister put on that post on Facebook, I was laughing my head off, because in, in essence, my mom told the truth. She was a gangster. My father was a gangster. Gangsters do things for people. Speak, who are advocates for people, a, a real gangsters, not not in a negative life. A true gangster is one who, who who advocates for the advocates for the people who were done wrong, or just advocate for the people. And that's who both my parents were advocates for the people who were done who were done wrong. They could not stand seeing another person being done wrong by someone else. They have they always would have to step in. And and, and advocate for that person and tell them to back off. My sister's going through it right now because that was that was her that was her partner. My mom and my sister were partners in vacations. They went to went to Jamaica together in 2010. They went to Jacksonville, Florida, um, the, a, few, a few years later. You know what I'm saying? They were partners, best friends. I mean, they, uh, I mean, they do argue every Sunday, you know, but it's always in a playful manner. It, it was never personal. It was just two queens button 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 heads with each other. I'm gonna miss you know being a being a a, a referee, and trying to tell them to stop arguing on on a Sunday. But they love that's only because they loved each other immensely. I love my mother immensely. My mother loved me immensely. And I know my sister's going through it right now. I know she went back to work today. Um, tough. You know it was a tough situation. She was holding back tears, um, going back to work. But most importantly, what my mother would want all of us to do, friends, family, and don't let don't let us don't let us let her death put us down. Gain strength from her, gain strength from her death, and to live on and live prosper, and that's the best way. Our family could make her proud. Is by living living our lives the way she lived her life, by being an advocate for the people who are done wrong, by doing right by people each and every day, pray for people, look out for people who are down their luck, without looking for any return. Be selfless, the way she was selfless. That's the best honor 
that all of us in my family and everybody who she touched, whether my classmates from high school, um, her friends at the senior center, um, her friends at um, A. Holly Patterson, that's the best way we could, we could honor our mother by taking what she had taught us through example and making it part of our fabric. Now and forever. My sister's challenge right now, I'm going to challenge my sister. She has to be the glue of the family the way my mother was the glue of the family. And maybe I have to be also be a glue of the, glue of the family also. But I, to, I, but I will do it in a different way. But it was very important to keep family together. Because that's all we have right now is family. Me and my sister and my brothers and my other sisters, we don't have... Our parents are not here anymore. Our mother and our father are not, no longer here in body. But they'll always be with us in spirit. And that's something we have to take solace in. And when, when we shed a tear, when we cry at night before we sleep, thinking about you know, how she left this earth, just remember the good time. We have to, re- have to remind ourselves of the good times we shared together. It was a lot of great times. A month, just a month ago, she was at her niece's wedding, dancing, dancing, dancing the night away, full of happiness, spending time with her younger brothers, who were who she was like a second mother, a, a second mother to them also. You know, dance the night away, having jokes, popping, popping jokes, may having laughs. That's what she liked to do. She liked to laugh. My mother was not a was not, was not a person who argued. She loved to laugh, loved to have a great time. And she was a social, like I said, a social butterfly, the life of the party. And for that, mom, you know, from all of us in the family, all your friends, I want to tell you that we love you. We love you, mom, very much. And we, we will miss you. But we know for a fact you will be part of us through, through spirit. And... um Until until we see each other again, Mom, you know, I love you immensely. Um, just say how to just say I say how to pop for me. Say how to say how to um my grandmother Ticia. Say how to all the family members who who you who you are up there with right now, sharing and laughing with, and just continue to watch, and and to continue to watch us, watch over us. In our days, because. Um, this period is going to be a, it's it's going to be it's tough it's a tough period for us right now it's tough to um, grieve it's tough to grieve it's tough to move on but we it's something that we must do to honor your memory and we will survive mom we will survive because you were a survivor pop was a survivor Tisha was a survivor and we that's all we that's all we know is survive it's survival mom I love you. Rest in peace. Sleep in peace with Pop. I know you guys are happy to be together once again after eight years. And once again, Mom, I love you. And I hope to see you in my dreams so we can talk. It's your man, Big Dom, coming at, coming at you with the um, True Players Podcast. It's a tribute to my mother. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Have a good day.